Get out of here with them weak weak ass shoes, yo. Welcome everybody to episode three of Balls Deep with Devin and Jovan. Um, if you're new to the program, welcome. We're happy to have you. Uh, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, and uh, hit that notification bell. Keep up with the content, the uh, newest content that we drop on our uh, channel. Uh, and uh, let's get started. As we promised in the, at the end of episode two. Uh, we promised we were going to talk about some baseball. We haven't talked about baseball in some time, and some big things have happened uh, in, I want to say, the last week or so. So, we got to knock out, we got to knock this one out the park with the very first topic of the day, and um, that's Francisco Lindor. We talked about possible landing spots, um, and he finally got traded, and it was a blockbuster trade. He didn't, he didn't get you know traded alone. Uh, so he got traded to the Mets along with Carlos Carrasco, the right-handed pitcher. And in return, the Indians received Andres Jimenez, which is a shortstop, uh, Ahmed Rosario, which is another shortstop that the Mets had, and then uh, right-handed pitcher Josh Wolf and outfielder Isaiah Green. I believe they're minor leaguers. Um, could be wrong, but... It seems like they didn't really get much in return. It seems like the Mets fleeced them. And uh, Steve Cohen, start of a new era in, in New York. And he, he you know, it didn't take him long to to swing for the fences. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, uh, coming in, Steve Cohen did say that. I mean, we already know that, um, you know, Steve Cohen was a big Mets fan. So clearly he's taking his job very seriously. Um, he even uh, let Mets fans chime in on what they wanted uh, to get done. But, you know, coming in, Steve Cohen said that he was going to treat this team, uh, this Mets team, and he was going to act as if they were a big market team. And um, that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, adding Lin uh, Lindor um, is huge. I think, um, you know, obviously he's an impact player that immediately makes them uh, a title contender. Uh, you know, just put him anywhere in that lineup uh, of already, you know, great sluggers. Um, and offensively, they're they're a great team. Uh, but to speak on the Carrasco trade, which is probably the underrated part of the trade, um, you know, to group him now with DeGrom and Stroman um, and then Syndergaard when he's healthy. Um, and the Mets just might have the best starting rotation in the MLB. Um so honestly, you know, this trade is huge. Um, and not to mention that it's a little scary that the Mets still have room to work another player in somehow. Um, you know, there's still some big free agents out there. Obviously, DJ LeMahieu is going through something currently still um, with the Yankees. Not saying they're going to grab him, but George Springer was another name that came up uh, more specifically uh, as a possible you know, pick up for the Mets. So look for the Mets to still go out and make another move. I don't think they're done. Um, 
and that just makes it even scarier the fact that they've already gotten so much better i think they're already a title contender with just a little they've done um so if they do go out there and grab another player like springer um you know i'd say look out for the mets this year i think they're really serious you know what i mean I mean, they were, the Mets were already a good team, and we 100%. We, we noticed that uh, this past season, even though it was a shortened season, they were competing for a playoff spot. They didn't ultimately get in, but they were competing. They were a, a really solid team. The only thing they were lacking really was, you know, a bullpen, because bullpen has been a problem of theirs for a while. Starting pitching is what's ultimately got them to the World Series uh, a few years back, and um. They need a center field, a center fielder, uh, you know, someone who can, you know, be able to play defense and you know add a bat to the uh, the lineup. And with the Lindor, he brings a consistent piece to that lineup. He yeah. elevates them defensively within the infield because of what he can do, and and offensively, he's a consistent bat. I mean. He reeled off four consecutive seasons in which he had amassed five-plus wins above replacement. Uh, and o- the only other players with more is Mike Trout, uh, Mookie Betts, Nolan Arenado, uh, and Jose Ramirez. So he's in a solid group, and he brings a face uh, to the franchise that the Mets haven't had in some time. And, and the reason why I say some time, David, when they had David Wright, he was the face of their franchise. Uh, but he, you know, got old, and he was still on the team, but he was more of, like, a vet leadership kind of role. Uh, Carlos Beltran, he's now, it's Lindor. And although the Yankees are in New York, and they this acquisition, they seem to make it about the Yankees in terms of talking about them all the time and them giving them a run for their money. But as a Yankee fan, I'm happy for the Mets. I'm happy that, you know, they might be heading in the right direction and turning things around. And I mentioned George Springer going to the Mets. I think George Springer wants to come close to home. And the Mets will pay him to do just that. And they need him to man the center field position. And he would bring a great bat. And as a Yankee fan, I want him nowhere close to the AL East because he kills the Yankees every time that he plays us. So that would be nice. Uh, They're talking about if they do go out and get Springer, though, um, that will ultimately handicap them to, you know, extend certain players down the road so that they might lean in the direction of possibly like a Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, or so that they can go out and get an arm for their bullpen like Han, who's on the market. But they have enough ability to even add another starting pitcher to the rotation uh, on a one-year deal which they don't necessarily need, but in terms of depth, or even add someone to the bullpen that they could use. Uh, If I were were them, I'd go with Springer, just bring that star power, and help them, you know, jump the Braves. Because currently, they are a good team, and they did get better, but they're not the best team in their division as of yet. But Carrasco, I agree. He's definitely, that was the underrated part of the trade. Um, because he's coming off a season that he, where he posted a 2.91 ERA and a 3.04 uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio. And outside of the 2019 season when he was diagnosed with leukemia, he, uh, he's been an above-average starter. And 
for the Indians, and he's gonna be he's you can pencil him in as his, the third starter currently, and just be, just behind you know Degrom and Stroman like you mentioned, and then Syndergaard's still coming from coming back from injury, and they were acquiring about Chris Bryant, who's you know on the trade market, who's a third baseman who would bring another more even more star power to uh, Queens. But look out, because as a Yankee fan, we have two third third basemen, and one of them is kind of, we don't know what to do with them. Miguel uh, Andujar, last year we had him playing outfield because we don't really need him with uh, Gio manning third and him being a better defensive player. So we could, you know, possibly package him in a trade. I know they mentioned this in, in years past, for us, you know, maybe going after Syndergaard. Yeah. But, you know, they're like, oh, the Mets aren't going to help the Yankees. But in this case, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, Syndergaard's coming off an of injury, but the Yankees need starting pitching. And Andujar, he's just, odd, he's the odd man out in this situation. So, you know, why not give them a third baseman, a solid bat in the lineup while we get pitching in return? Makes 100% uh, sense. I agree. Um, I'd love to see that. Um, obviously, it'd be great for the Mets, but speaking a little bit on the Yankees, um, that is their biggest need. It's consistently been their biggest need is having uh, you know, a full rotation that you can rely on and you can rely on when it comes you know, to the playoff time. Um, having more than one or two guys that you can trust on a day-to-day basis has really been a, a big issue for the Yankees. So that would be... Uh, and a very ideal trade for both teams. Yeah, I agree. And right now the Yankees seem to be quiet in terms of making moves while the Mets and many others, which is we're actually about to move on to talk about another team who's making a big splash this off season. And that is the San Diego Padres. They, we talked about them at the end of last season, how they went all in for the playoffs and making that playoff push. But they're definitely going all in for this upcoming season. They're trying to, you know, rival their division rivals, the reigning champions, Los Angeles Dodgers, and make that push to, you know, bring a World Series to San Diego. They went out and acquired the Korean infielder Ha Sang Kim, who's the second baseman. Uh, he seems, from all the articles I've read and all the hype that he's getting, He's one of the best, you know, players and in, international players on that was on the market. Padres went out and got him. Add him to that lineup that they already have. Then they went out and grabbed ben, uh, Blake Snell from the Rays, who had a phenomenal year and it was a big reason why the Rays made it to the World Series to begin with. And I think that was good because the Rays were limiting what he can do. Um, because he was coming off injury, so they didn't want him to pitch past a certain point. Maybe he doesn't have those limitations now that he's gone. And maybe that's what he wanted. And I think that's going to play off on both aspects. But that that didn't end there. They went out and got Yu Darvish, who the Cubs seem to just be tanking at this point. Uh, they seem to be having a yard sale and just selling every piece that they got. But that was... A really good uh, pickup, and their rotation 
is looking pretty solid. They already had a solid rotation before, and then you're talking about the Mets having the the best or probably the best rotation in baseball. Padres are giving them a oh, run definitely. for their money. I mean, the Padres uh, got obviously really good. I mean, they already have um, – like you said, they already had a great rotation in U Darvish, and adding U Darvish and Blake Snell – um, obviously, two really good pitchers. I don't think a change of scenery for you, Darvish, will hurt either um, because, obviously, he hasn't been um, as consistent as of late. But now adding him and Blake Snell to their rotation uh, as well as Korean infielder to an already explosive lineup with Machado and Tatis, who um, I believe Machado was in the running for MVP last year. One could argue that Tatis could have been up there as well. Obviously, that kid's a stud. He's only like 21 years old. Um, and they're trying to sign 100%. him to 10 contract. I mean, the Padres <laughs> clearly are um, trying their best to, you know, really just work with the talent that they have. You know what I mean? They're trying not to waste uh, the years that they have with Tatis. I mean, the guy's 21. He's already one of the best players in the league. Um, they're trying to surround uh, those key piece players like Snell or now like Snell and Machado and Tatis um, at Tommy Pham, Hosmer, um, you know, the list goes on and on for who the Padres have in that in that already explosive lineup who was just, you know, capable of putting up as many runs as they wanted to last year. Um, now coming in, uh, we'll see how it goes with the full season. Uh, obviously, they bolstered down their rotation. Um, so I think the Padres, uh, I think this year the Padres will have a lot. I mean, obviously last year, um, with it being a shortened season, they made the playoffs. Um, but their record didn't, the record didn't really show, in my opinion, how good a team they were. I believe they were only like 36 yeah. and 32. Um, but now kind of bolstering down on, on your pitching or rotation as well as your lineup. Um, I expect to see that, you know, in a full season that this team could, reach a high 90s, uh, you know, 100 wins possibly. They're a very good team that could really just hit with the best of them and uh, have the pitching rotation and the ability to, you know, shut down even the best lineups. So um, I look out for the Padres as well as the Mets to really make noise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Padres dealt with a lot of injuries when they didn't make the playoffs too, so they were at a disadvantage come playoff time uh, due to the injuries, and it, it had a lot to do with, you know, the shortened season because with the recovery times, you're going to miss more part part of the season. So having, I think, Clevenger's returning for them. So they have Clevenger, uh, they have Snell, they have U Darvish, and uh, U Darvish having that change, change of scenery is going to definitely be beneficial because on the offensive end, he's going to have, like, they're going to be able to put up more points than the Cubs were able to put up. So he's not going to be you know, pitching from behind uh, on most cases. He's going to be able to pitch like he did when the Cubs made that push for a World Series or not, or even when he was uh, playing elsewhere uh, and they were making a push for the World Series. He He's going to add something to that, you know, that rotation that they didn't have before, him and Snell both. They, they have that championship mentality, uh, which is going to help trigger that team. Uh, and... That's a scary team to to be looking at. But speaking on the shortened season, Tatis is phenomenal, and I think he's going to have an even better year this year, uh, especially when he gets his money and gets that 10 years. 
But I do think baseball, they need to shorten their season. And I'm not talking about having the short season that we had this past year. I think it needs to be a little longer than that. But I just think 162 games is too much on the players' bodies. But I guess that's why they're getting paid how much they're getting paid. (laughs) So I think probably around what basketball plays. So basketball plays around 82 games. I'd probably say between that and like 100 games would be enough. Just shorten the season a little bit um, just so that they don't have to play so much back-to-back games, you know, more resting times in between each series. uh, Just so that come playoff time, they're all the all the stars are playing and we don't have to deal with all these injuries and star players missing games and things like that but i also think that would bring a lot of younger fans because because a lot of a lot of it has to do with you know each game lasting very long but then also the season lasting 162 games i mean it definitely and and it extends the offseason as well i mean the off, yeah. I mean, baseball, so almost, them to recover. Yeah, baseball almost feels like it's year-round sometimes, uh, how quickly the turnaround is compared to other sports at least. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it'll be beneficial to the fans um, because a lot of people are saying baseball is on, you know, the, the, uh, they're spiraling down in terms of having fans and they're trying to figure out how to stay innovative and things like that. I think that would be a great way because not many people, I'm not saying myself, but not many people want to follow the the league all year round. Yeah. And just because there's a lot of younger fans where their attention spans not, not that long. They focus on one thing and once it's over, they move on. They don't really want to sit there and watch the entire thing. Um, but I think... That would be beneficial, and as as uh, you know, we got a taste of that with this past season. And I think the season, the shortened season, made baseball even more interesting to watch because it almost felt like playoff baseball at all times. Because every game, every game, exactly my point. So it it definitely would be very interesting if they went in that direction. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's funny that you mentioned that. It's I don't know that that's a conversation that the MLB has even thought of, but um, it's obviously not a bad idea. Um, they've thought of all these different types of ways to make the game faster, uh, to get, make the game more fun. Um, and I don't think that even shortening the season has ever really crossed their mind until this happened. Uh, but now after seeing how it kind of played out, made the season a little bit more interesting, made it more competitive, um, I think that this is something that they'll definitely start to look into. And I, and I liked how they set up the playoffs as well, um, yeah. that more people are able to get in, which is more like a March Madness type uh, thing or feels like the NBA where an upset can happen at any given moment. Yeah. So uh, it gives teams opportunities to prove themselves, uh, which they didn't have that chance prior. But shifting over, there was a big acquisition not that long ago um, with the Washington Nationals. So... I was mentioning how the Cubs seem to be on a fire sale. One of their big-time uh, stars was a free agent in uh, Kyle Schwarber. He's an outfielder, but you can really consider him a DH at this point um, just because he's a, a really solid bat. Nationals added him, and he went out and said, this is where I wanted to be all along. And that kind of triggered me because the Yankees have been trying to get this guy from the Cubs for years 
And I'm like, why didn't... Like, I get we have a ton of outfielders and we didn't really need it, but we could definitely use this bat. So, like, why didn't they go out and grab this guy? But I guess they, you know, tapped in to his phone line and was, you know, reaching out and tried to, you know, have talks and see where he was at in terms of can we afford him and things like that. But he he kind of just ignored us and just went on with the Nationals. Well, so, well, yeah. That's what I got. That's the kind of what I got. Oh, yeah. So, um, I was reading a, a little bit that Schwarber uh, really didn't expect to even be leaving the Cubs. Um, I, I heard I was reading that he was actually um, fully expecting to go back and sign at least one more year uh, with the Cubs. Um, and I guess when he found that um, the sorry the Nationals were interested, um, uh, that he immediately became interested. And a big factor to that was uh, a former Cubs uh, coach, Davey Martinez, who's now manager of the Nationals. Um, uh, played a big factor in that um, and him wanting to go to the Nationals. Uh, so that's probably a big reason why um, he ignored calls from the Yankees and probably other suitors. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously he's going to be under a coach that he's familiar with, um, somebody that he respects and loves a ton, um, you know, obviously uh, wanting to go to a specific team because uh, of a coach uh, speaks to, speaks to uh, you know, how highly you think of them. Um, but obviously, like you said, Schwarber at this point, you know, like you said, a, a DH, um, but he's no scrub. He can play left field for the Nationals. They need him to. Um, the last time they had a full, uh, there was a full MLB season. Schwarber had career highs and home runs with 38 and RBIs in 92. So, um, you know, that that's another team where it looks like they're just trying to add to the lineup of sluggers, you know, have more consistent hitters, be able to put up runs because a lot of teams in the MLB, um, as important as pitching is because pitching, I mean, we see it with the Yankees and, you know, not to mention the Yankees, but, uh, we see it with them every year. Uh, they have one of the best offensive lineups. Um, but it doesn't matter if you don't have the pitching. Obviously we know the nationals have a great uh, starting rotation and a great, uh, bullpen. So instead of, you know, trying to acquire anything for that, they went and they bolstered down in a lineup. Uh, we know they already have a great lineup of Soto, Turner. Uh, they have Castro, Bell. I mean, um, a very good, talented, and fairly young team. Um, so adding Schwarber, a guy who's won a championship, uh, who's been there before, a guy who can add some veteran leadership as well as, you know, um, giving you – a great hitter in the lineup that you could put, um, that you could insert there really anywhere, uh, uh, doesn't hurt at all. Oh, I agree. And I, I think the guy is a stud yeah. and I think it was a great move by the nationals in terms of acquiring him because like you said, pitching has never been an issue of theirs. Uh, but adding, you know, sluggers isn't going to hurt them in the, in the end. Uh, my thing is, in terms of his skill set, the guy is more, like I, he's more of a DH. And with the MLB announcing there's not going to be a universal DH this season, I totally expected him to shift over to the AL and just be a permanent DH and not even worry about defense. But I didn't know about his a former coach of his being on the Nationals. Makes more sense on why the Nationals pursued him and why he went to the Nationals and ignored calls from the Yankees uh, and other teams 
that were interested, but I'm interested to see how this pans out when it comes to him, you know, playing uh, in the outfield because he's going to be getting more playing time than he did with the Cubs, in my opinion. No, yeah, I think so. So with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Boy, patience is getting thinner than big raises. It's not six, been accustomed to hooligan behavior. Can call your Lord and Savior, he ain't even trying to save you. And call his phone in some years, asking for big favors. The reason why a lot of niggas die, whether it be hunger or you trying to test me in the guise. Never been a fan of school, you can miss me with the problems, but I still graduated, so I obviously saw from two piece and a biscuit. I risk it if I got a principles what life's about. I knock you out about a dollar. Modest well refer to me as MVP of all the Ramas Talking body at the body John Gracie, Jeffrey Dahmer I'm a fucking amazing A monster to say the least Too profitable So I feel responsible to achieve Everything that I once believed Times three cause I overdo it My music is more than music It's how I'm surviving through it Nigga Dom Never been a fool bitch Lately been on my time Miss me with the bullshit It's a cold world Be careful who you cool with Claiming them your slimes Till they slime you typical shit and we're back with more balls deep. Um, uh, in continuing with our, you know, MLB episode. Um, so right now the Yankees and DJ LeMahieu are going through a little bit of a debacle. Uh, obviously, DJ LeMahieu coming off a great uh, MVP worthy season last year in the shortened season um, is due to is is a free agent, not due to be a free agent. He's a free agent. Um, and right now it's really just a waiting game and whether or not the Yankees are going to sign him. Um, obvious, it's obvious that, uh, the Yankees want to sign him and LeMahieu wants to be back, but, uh, apparently LeMahieu is feeling like the Yankees are giving him a bit of a runaround, um, at least according to reports. So, I mean, it leaves a little bit of everything for, in terms of LeMahieu and the Yankees up in the air. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I believe he's looking for five years, hundred million, and the Yankees are only budging for four years, eighty million. Uh, at this point, uh, if I was the Yankees, I just give him the five years. He's definitely earned it. We've had him on a bargain deal past couple of years, and he's gave us. He's been in the MVP running past two years, past two seasons, and I think he's earned it. If if anything, meet them in the middle, compromise, in terms of pay, and if, and add an option, a player option, or a team option, give just add an option to the deal so that he gets his five years, and because you're not that far off, and the Yankees can definitely afford him. I think they're just playing the waiting game just to see if he would, is going to budge and lower his price, uh, which I don't think is going to happen. I'm not worried about it. Because the Yankees did a similar tactic uh, back when Jeter was looking for an extension or was a free agent. And look how that panned out. I think the Yankees would be stupid um, to let LeMahieu go. Especially when their backup plan was Francisco Lindor. And just in case LeMahieu left, we can trade for Lindor. And Lindor's gone. He's off the table. So LeMahieu seems to be the only option. 
ha- he has all the cards in his hands. Just make sure, you know, he signs the dotted line and he comes back next season. We need him in the lineup. Uh, and I don't think we necessarily need him because we, su- we were successful without him, but we could definitely use him. Like, he's he's not he's not going to hurt us. Uh, so Yankees need to stop, you know, making things interesting because he was holding out on all these other teams that were inquiring about him because he wants to return to the Yankees. But now that the Yankees are giving him the runaround, he said he's going to, you know, start opening up these calls from the other teams. And I think the Dodgers mentioned that they were interested in bringing him in. Uh, and I think some other teams were mentioned that they were interested in bringing him in. So now is the time to, you know, make sure he signs the dotted line because he's in play for everyone now. He's You're, you're no longer getting this exclusive uh, contract talk with him because now he's going to get offers left and right, and you're going to be competing with these other offers. Yeah, I mean, it's almost laughable to me, in my opinion, uh, that the Yankees, probably one of the biggest, the biggest market team in baseball and probably the biggest market team, arguably the biggest market team in all of sports, um, is fussing about over a year and a couple a couple million when, um, you know, they're able to go out and give hundreds of million dollars in a 10-year contract to a guy like, you know, Giancarlo Stanton. And, uh, and we're supposed to be okay with that. So, I mean, I just... I just I think it's a little bit ridiculous on the Yankees part that they're not willing to give this guy uh, the money when over the last two years um, he's been the most consistent piece on that entire Yankees team, um, especially the year before last um, when it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, obviously averaging 327, um, having a great season, consistently getting on base and, and runs in scoring position, you know, bringing runs home. Um uh, his capabilities are endless. He's really a five-tool player. Um, I just think it's ridiculous that the Yankees are fussing over uh, something so minuscule uh, when they have so much to offer. Um, I think um, I think that not to say that you did it, um, obviously not to say you did it on purpose, but I think the way you said it uh, made it seem a little bit minuscule. I do think that LeMahieu is a huge part for the Yankees. I think um, in terms of our lineup, we need to keep our lineup intact as much as possible, especially, like I said, the most consistent guy we've had. A guy batted 364 this past season. Um, He's capable of hitting 100 RBIs. We've seen him do it uh, the last full season we had. Um, And when you're kind of lacking in pitching staff um, and really what's been saving you these last few years is your lineup, I don't see why you'd let the biggest piece you have just walk away. Um, so I think it's really crucial that the Yankees um, sign him and, you know, make DJ LeMahieu, um, you know, a Yankee for the next four or five years. I think that, that's really important to the Yankees right now. So the point I was trying to make is I'm saying we don't need him for the simple fact that before he even came onto the scene, we were successful. And, oh, yeah, of course. Honestly. And we were making it to the ALCS and, and things of that nature. But we'd be a fool to let him walk. I'm not telling – I'm not saying, oh, let him walk. We don't need him. Like, Oh, no, yeah, I know. We don't necessarily need him but because we have so much bats in our clubhouse. But we can definitely use him, especially when we're trying to make a push for a World Series. We still haven't got over that hump, that hump 
Uh, you can basically say the Astros. We haven't really got over that hump. Yeah, we I haven't agree. got past the ALCS, um, mainly because of our pitching. But our bats are what get is what gets us to that extent, and our pitching is what's going to need it to bring us up over. And I think they're being stingy because they're trying to save every dollar and cent so that they can put towards their pitching. But I'm just tired of these guys just going after these bullpen guys. And it's, yes, it's nice to have a really good bullpen, but that's one of our strengths. And it's not going to help our starting pitching, which has been a weakness for years. Our starting oh. pitching has been, uh, has handicapped us since the, since we had fucking CC Sabathia and AJ Burnett. Like, we need to go out and make a move. Right now, no one is really scary in terms of, except Garrett Cole. And Tanaka, yeah. Tanaka's a free agent. So we don't even have him in the lineup. I think our number two pitcher, starting pitcher right now is Jordan Montgomery. And not saying he's a scrub, but he's not a number two. He's more of a four or a five. Or maybe even a six. Yeah. Like, Tanaka, I would love to bring Tanaka back. He said if he if he doesn't sign back with the Yankees, he's going back um back home. So we need to sign that man too. And yeah. whether it's for a bargain or not, he's our he could be our number three or number four pitcher. Sevy, Sevy's nice, but he's not a number one, especially after coming off an injury. And we he don't can't stay healthy. Yeah, so we can't depend on him either. So I get they're trying to save every dollar and cent to you know go after pitching but you need to secure what you can secure right like yeah. you have control over we can control signing LeMahieu sign that sign him and worry about everything else later um, yeah I, because not only, they're not making moves they, they've had a super quiet offseason and it's very disappointing as a Yankee fan because it seems like they have the mindset oh let's run it back with the same squad we can definitely win it and from the views of what we've seen they can they they're not going to win it with the same squad because they're not even the best team in their division. Yeah. On paper, yes, it, they're very talented. You can say they're the best team in their division, but even in the short in the shortened season, we weren't even we didn't even win the division. It was the Rays. The Rays are the ones who made it to the World Series, so they're the team to beat in the division, not us. And yeah. although the odds makers say that we're the second team to beat in the league behind only the Dodgers, I'm coming. If I'm the Yankees, I'm coming into the season with a chip on my shoulder. I have, We have something to prove. We can't, you know, treat this like, oh, we're the team to beat because we haven't proved anything. Yeah. No, I agree. And, I mean, to speak a little bit on what you said, you know, um, the Yankees, if they do, if they are in that mindset of, you know, let's run it back because they really haven't done anything this offseason, um, which is surprising for the Yankees. Um but if you do have that mindset of let's run it back, I mean, you're not you're not going to be able to run it back without the the biggest piece. I mean, if we couldn't win it with DJ LeMahieu and the current roster we have, what makes you think the current roster we have without DJ LeMahieu is going to get anything done? Um, you know, like I said, just to go back to what I was saying, he's just been the most consistent piece on your entire team, whether that be your your starting rotation, your bullpen, or your lineup. He's been the most consistent player on the entirety of the Yankees for the last two years. And I just don't see how you let that walk out of the door over a year and a couple million dollars. And But you're willing to throw hundreds of millions at other people who end up never being worth it. Um, 
So it would just be disappointing <laughs> to say the <laughs> So it would be disappointing to say the least um if the Yankees let him walk um you yeah. know I I think this is really the biggest thing they need to do right now. Obviously I, in my opinion I think they should they need to go after pitching um but they'd be dumb to let LeMahieu DJ LeMahieu walk walk away from his team. Yeah, he's an MVP caliber player. Uh, and he he's super versatile as well. Besides just being a consistent bat, he's super ver- versatile. He can play. He can play. He's an infielder. He can play third, short, second. That's first. what I said. He's a five-tool player. He yeah, he do can do it all. You need him to do and, for that team. and with questions surrounding, you know, Gary Sanchez, and his, we already know he struggled to play defense behind the plate. So with that, those questions in place, and then you know, this past season, him struggling at at the plate offensively and there's questions about him. And then now uh, with, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Um, I just blanked out real, really quick, but Oh, Glaber Torres, Glaber Torres. There's questions about his defense as well um, in the infield. So if there's questions defensively about the infield, you better secure one of your best defensive infielders. And, and that the reason I, one of them is because, um, our third baseman is Gio Urshela. He's probably our best defensive fir- uh, infielder, and LeMahieu is right behind him. So yeah. secure those pieces and just hope for the best in terms of Sanchez and Torres in terms of improving this up- this offseason and for next season to be better defensively and be better overall. And, you know, hope that they can make that jump because we're not that far off. And if we have to trade Gary Sanchez or, you know, move him to a different position or just acquire someone uh, like a defensive catcher to, you know, mentor him, but also play when we need him to, then so be it. We're going to have to make some moves and the Yankees just aren't making those moves, those necessary moves to make that, um, that leap, that jump to become a championship uh, team. And LeMayu, like I said, is one step in the right direction. So you have to secure what you can control, and he's what we can control at this given moment. Yeah, I agree. But we're going to shift over to our last topic. It's big news. It was announced, and we I don't know what to expect. Jovan, I don't even think he knows what's going on, but I'm going to let it be known. So... There's a ball doctoring scandal going on in the MLB. And it all started because a former Angels visiting clubhouse manager, he named a few big names around the league in a lawsuit involving an illegal ball doctoring substance. So he was the visiting clubhouse manager for the Angels. He was fired back in March. Um, And he feels like he's being scapegoated for this whole situation. So I guess he had... Uh, some combination of, you know, Tar and uh, Tuss, uh, Robin or whatever the fuck. He had some concoction going on that, you know, the Angels team was using. So he said he said in the lawsuit that many Angels players used his, his substance during his tenure with the club uh, and went on to, to name them. So there was, a, you know, a big list, which I'm not going to go into. But then he added that the MOB has evidence that many other big names around the league also use his substance, including Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, 
Max Scherzer, Felix Hernandez, Corey Kluber, and Adam Wainwright. So that's just to name a few. So, and like, in articles that I read, there was text from Garrett to him. He was like, hey, it's Garrett. I need some, I'm, I need some more of that stuff. Almost like he was buying drugs and shit. So, there was that. They have, uh, they have Verlander on the phone calling him like, hey, this has been going on in in the league for like a hundred years, and they haven't done anything about it. So I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing it. And this seems to be back when Cole was on the Astros. But my question to you: What are your thoughts on this situation? And do you think there's gonna be consequences on these players that were named in the lawsuit? Um. So I know you had mentioned it obviously before, but it was news to me. And obviously, breaking it down is the first I've I heard, uh, you know, about it in depth. Um, so this is all pretty fresh, honestly, in my mind. Um, but so obviously, the MLB. I don't know how much you know information they have or not, but I'd assume uh, as this becomes bigger news, uh, they will go into an investigation. And they'll figure out exactly what's going on. They'll get the real list of names of people who have, you know, been, you know. I mean, this was proven. This was their investigation. That's why they have evidence against oh, these people. Okay, okay. Well, so in in that case, uh, you know, it being true with with everything going on, I think that the MLB really has to uh, crack down on all these players uh, that are listed. In my opinion, uh, mostly because I feel like. Uh, the MLB really dropped the ball on the whole Astros, Red Sox, Yankees thing uh, with sign stealing. Um, I really think they dropped the ball more specifically in the Astros case because it got really bad there. Um, obviously, um, you know, they won a championship and then they were caught stealing signs and, you know, using different uh, various ways to, you know, tell their players how where when what pitches were coming as they were coming in real time, uh, which is which you know makes that a hundred times worse. So, um, I think the MLB really dropped the ball on the whole Astros thing, um, and I think that they can't allow something like this to happen um, and just kind of give guys a slap on the wrist again because um, this is why the MLB players don't take the rules seriously. This is why. I feel like more consistently than any other professional sport, um, you know, baseball players are getting caught cheating and baseball teams and managers are getting caught cheating. It's because they know that the MLB has not cracked down on anybody in recent years for anything that they've been doing. Um, you'll see, you know, singular cases here and there, like Robinson Cano getting suspended for a year over, you know, over steroids. But then you see an entire team of players basically stealing a championship and every single one of them gets a slap on the wrist. Now you have pitchers that are using substances to make their grip on the ball better. Some um, of which were just, on the team. Some of which were on the Astros team um, and some of which are some of the best pitchers in the game. Not to say that they wouldn't be at, at that level with or without the substance, but Clearly, they think that substance makes them better if they feel they need to use it. Um, so I think that the MLB really needs to crack down and, you know, make a statement with, you know, 
what they choose to do with these players because if so, all these cheating scandals are just going to consistently keep happening in the MLB. Um, I just don't think anybody takes it seriously enough. Um, there are players who have received, you know, lifetime bans and just been completely, you know, blackballed from the game of baseball for lesser. Um, and I just think if you allow things like this to go on, um, it just we need a level of consistency from the MLB here or really it's just um, it's just another reason people aren't going to take your sport serious. It's another reason why you're going to have less people tuning in every single year to your game. Um, and that's just that's just my opinion on it. Yeah, so he felt like he was being scapegoated, and the reason why he felt like that he was being scapegoated was because they were trying to protect the players in the situation that were involved, which is why he, you know, has created this lawsuit, and he it's exactly and what he did with and the he went out and he named every single one, and it was it was all the way back to when Jabba Chamberlain was still playing. Because I think he was one of them. So it's like it's it has been going on for years. So Verlander's not wrong, and they had those that have got away with it is because they're smart. Like Pineda, when he did it, he's an idiot. He had it on the brim of his hat or on his neck, like, and it has been going on, and it's, and it's going to continue going on um, until they get caught and get punished for it. And unless the W the not WWE the MLB, <laughs> unless the MLB goes ahead and punishes players and makes an example out of them, th- these players are going to continue doing it. And you mentioned the the PhDs, like players are getting uh, in trouble for P- for performance enhancing drugs, or PEDs, my bad, uh, p- uh, performance enhancing drugs, all the time, and. Outside of that, like with the sign stealing, no one got punished. They protected the players in that situation so that they can get their cooperation. So the only the coaches got in trouble, but it was it was yeah. more on a, a more of a slap on the wrist. It wasn't even really a punishment. And the players, yeah, and the players are the ones being affected. Yeah, the they most benefited off on of it. both sides. On both sides of you know, obviously the the players on the other team that were getting their signs stolen, and the players on the Astros who yeah. were you know, so as. As a Yankee fan, it sucks to see Garrett Cole's name on the list. Um, it makes sense that it was when he was on the Astros when this was happening because there was a lot going on with the Astros, um, obviously. But it just sucks because I know a punishment is going to be coming down very soon. And we're going to be hurt by it because, like I mentioned in the last uh, topic, no one in our rotation is scary besides Cole. So if you take away Cole... Then we're in deep shit, and is, yeah. that's even more reason why the Yankees need to go out and make moves because we can't just run it back with the same squad, and you need a, a backup plan just in case Cole does get repercussions for uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, but and if you don't retain Lemayhu, I mean, at that point you've lost your two best players on the entire team. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it's I just agree with you. I think that MLB needs to be more strict in terms of these punishments. If not, they're not going to be taken seriously, and they're going to be taken as a joke by fans and players, and it's only going to continue. Uh, and they were talking about in these articles that they like it because they can get grip on the ball during these cold weather um, games because well, they, uh, cause I think Garrett Cole's text was saying, hey, 
my next 10 road stops are in like cold weather like i need it basically yeah. he wants more grip on the ball but some players just use it so that they can be able to uh you know have these breaking balls and it have you know them be able to change direction have better movement. yeah to have yeah. better movement and things like that so it's not just necessarily just the cold weather like they they really benefit off of this and it's putting everyone else at a disadvantage so i think anything that puts you at an advantage is not right and needs to be punished at all costs i agree 100 percent. so that's all we have for you guys today if you have any thoughts or questions about anything we covered today feel free to comment feel free to message us we want to interact with you guys uh but be in tune for next week. We plan on having a guest. We might have multiple guests. We got we got some things in the works. So just stay tuned. Uh, make sure to go check out our guys at the Expansion Pack Podcast. We plug them in again in between the segments. So or in between the, the first and second half of the show. So go tune in. Uh, if you're interested in gaming content, go show love. And hey, until next time. We appreciate you guys as always. Peace. You're talking about balls deep. I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.